welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Comicsbeat at comicsbeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. Uh, and on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. Okay, this week on More to Come. Heidi goes to ALA. Um, dedicated kit sections in Barnes & Noble. DC and Walmart align. GameStop and Spinarex <laughs> align. Uh, changes at the Harvey Awards and fall 2018 graphic novels. You can see what's coming up. So, let's go to Heidi. What was ALA, the well, ALA annual meeting in New Orleans? Well, I'd like to say we just have a lot of news this week that's all about distribution and about Ooh. different markets. And, um, you know, I was finally able to go to the American Library Association annual conference. And, uh, you know, I was in New Orleans. Apparently, everybody loves to go when it's in New Orleans. And courtesy of Lion Forge, which owns the beat through syndicated comics, uh, I was able to go. And, uh, boy, what a wonderful show. You know, Calvin, I think if you were to go, it would be your favorite show. I got to go. I I have never been to ALA, but that's going to change now that I'm on the Freedom to Read Foundation uh, trustee board. So, So. uh, well, uh, when funny. I told people that neither you nor I had ever been, they just fell down in, in shock. You know, <laughs> well, it is kind of astonishing. You guys do a lot of library-related stories. Oh, that's well, right. Well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have to. I mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it is odd. Now, PW does have a big presence. Uh, yes, I at, saw the booth and talked to a couple at of ALA, my, my folk um, there. Yes. I, you know, I haven't been able to. You know, insinuate myself into that presence, but that's going to change in the future. Well, the bottom line for why everyone is shocked that Calvin and I aren't going uh, or haven't been is that comics and graphic novels are just an increasingly huge part of of the the show. And, you know, that's really due to Tina Coleman. I think we may Mm -hmm. have mentioned her here before. She's a membership specialist for the American Library Association. And, you know, she is really just one of the most amazing movers and shakers this, this whole library cabal, I mean, I hang out with them a lot in Toronto at TCAF. Yeah. And, um, you know, got to hang out with them quite a bit more here. And, you know, folks like Robin Brenner, Eva Volan, yeah. Amy Wright. Um, I, I just, I, actually, I, I met, uh, I met the, la- the she's the, the, the head librarian at the Lewiston Public Library. I'm sure that's not her proper title, by the way. But anyway, Lewiston, Maine, which is about the least likely place you'd ever find a library. Uh, her name is Marcella Perez. She was just delightful. I mean, she was just so smart. She was talking about trying to get people to read graphic novels by holding reading parties at breweries. And, you know, uh, that's what you do. Yeah, get you my mean. attention, sure. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, uh, just they are passionate about about graphic novels. And the whole show, I mean, it is huge. Um, but there were more publishers than ever before. Mm-hmm. Really talking about my article that I wrote uh, that came out about a month ago on PW. Graphic novels and libraries, yeah. our annual feature. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was more. There were so many publishers that hadn't been before. Uh, there was Rebellion. Our publisher, Judge Dredd, was there. They oh. had not been. Uh, Titan was there. Uh-huh. Titan, oh, yeah, amazingly, Titan was there. It's hard to believe that they haven't been right. there. They might, I, I think a lot of them have been in the past and discovered yeah. it wasn't worth going, but they've returned. Humanoids was there. You know, mm-hmm. Boom, as we said, set up for the first time in a while. They haven't been there before. You know, Fantagraphics was there. 
Um, the French Library, French Comics Association yeah. was there. Euro Comics was there. Uh, IDW, everybody was there. There's only one publisher that wasn't there, and that's Marvel. And DC was there. Now DC. Okay, so here's an interesting. Just to give you an example, yeah. that just to kind of give you a, a taste of how, why this is so important. Um, as people are fond of saying, there are a hundred thousand libraries in the United States, or more than a hundred thousand, something mm-hmm. like two hundred thousand library branches. That includes a hundred thousand school libraries, mm-hmm. about twenty thousand public libraries, and countless branches. Okay, so if you have one of these books that wins an award that every librarian says, I must purchase that book, how many copies of that book do you think you will sell? Well, many. based on what you just told us, Heidi, that's like hundreds of thousands of copies. That's right, that's right. So if you win, like, the Newberry or Caldecott Award, you sell 100,000 copies right then and there, okay? So this is a lucrative market. <laughs> Not to mention the varying lists that various sub-library groups of like Yalta and the list, they put a long list of recommended titles. Absolutely. So. And, and there is more to come on that. So so to, just to talk about DC a little bit, you know, I wrote a very long article, a very long enthusiastic article about the show that I wrote on the airplane coming back. Maybe I was a little dehydrated and sleep deprived because it's kind of a long, rambling, gushing art piece. But anyway... As we have discussed many times, Rich Johnson of DC Comics yes. was the first to go to the library market. Yes. And he really was the first to go there to start targeting librarians and getting them to carry Sandman and Watchmen and these other books. And, you know, uh, and then when Rich left DC about a decade ago or so, uh, DC stopped going to the library show for various reasons. Um, I mean, they just didn't think they had to go. And this year, for the first time in about 10 years, like, they would go through Random House, the distributor. They set up a dedicated booth in their Random House row promoting DC Zoom, DC Inc., Black Label. Oh, well, I think we know why they were there then. Exactly. And, you know, every... Young readers. Young readers, but also Black Label, which is adult books. Yes, that's true. Also. Prestige books. But it's a book trade-facing imprint. It is. Yes. And, um, you know, they had so many panels for DC Inc. and DC Zoom. But i got to say, when you see the authors, they have lined mm-hmm. up for it. Like, you know, like Meg Cabot. And, yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. I mean, top flight, best-selling teen authors mm-hmm. who get the job done. The ubiquitous Mariko yes. Tamaki. Yes, yes, yes. I should have brought in the books because they gave away mm-hmm. little uh, chapbooks showing yeah. the art. And you know what? These books look really good. Yeah. They yeah. look really strong. And they are putting a lot of muscle behind this. So, you know, we're going to talk about DC quite a bit. Because you didn't even mention the rut, but also there's the DC Universe thing. You know, did you see that? Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah, that's, but, we, we might should mention that at some point. We too, should. But. but anyway, just to finish up with the ALA, the, uh, I I haven't written about this yet. So uh, here's your first scoop. So yeah, I was right. walking by the Disney booth. And they had, do you remember when the Center for Cartoon Studies did those those graphic biographies, oh, yes. right? There yeah. was like Satchel Paige. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was Thoreau mm-hmm. by John Corsolino. So basically James Sturm had teamed up with Hyperion Books to put out these really kind of literary comics biographies, yes. right? And they came and went very quickly. So every time I walked by the Disney booth, I noticed they were giving them away, giving away new galleys. And I finally got back there and I... I said, oh, are you reissuing these? And oh. I said, oh, yes, we are. And the editor piped up. I found out later she was an editor. She piped up this. You know, we know that uh, we had these and we were sitting on a, a treasure trove of these books. So we decided 
to re-release them because graphic novels are huge and they're just going to get huger. And we're going to do new ones. Oh, very good. Yeah. And this is Disney Publishing Worldwide, or I don't know. I, their, their publishing situation now is a little right. more confusing. I know. It is a little confusing. I did not get the woman's note. But anyway, and no. that was, you know, that was the bottom line, really. Right. I mean, you know, she didn't know who I was, so she was just telling me how awesome graphic novels are. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, the fact that this series, it is a gold mine. They were sitting on this treasure trove of these really strong graphic novels that uh, came out. And that's, that's really... Um, that's what I kind of got heard over and over again was that, um, you know, the, like people had done a lot of books 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and it was too soon, but the mm. time is now. And the biggest time is now was the, uh, the news that I said, there's a reason I'm here. And that was because, um, Sun Monday morning, just as I was leaving, they announced that they had established this graphic novel library round table. Oh, right. Yes. Right? And, you know, Calvin, if you want, I mean, you, you know what that is. If you want well, to I know what it is. And, 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 and actually, you know, if you go to Heidi's graphic novels, uh, in libraries feature, you talk about it in actually great detail there mm -hmm. about what it means, why, you know, if you're not in the library profession, you may not say, oh, so what? What, you know, King Arthur in the round table? Right, what the? right, right. But no, really what it is, it's a, it's a basically, basically it's a specialized group that allows librarians to, to promote a category throughout the library much more effectively. They have more resources. Am I... Yes. Roughly right. Yes. That still makes no sense to me. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, there is a press release on the ALN news site. Okay. I'm going to explain what it says. Uh, okay. So as an interest group, we just can sit around and say, hey, I'm interested. Like yeah. Torsten, our, our own dear Torsten yeah. goes every time to the interest group meetings. But when it's a round table, you're allowed to charge membership dues. Yeah. So everybody has to pay a certain amount to belong to the round table. And then that money can be used uh, to... Uh, let's see. We'll allow for organization-wide engagement with professional and collection development, public outreach and advocacy, mm -hmm. okay, and internal mentorship, as well as furthering the cultivation of industry partnerships relating to the sequential art format in schools and libraries. So, you know, what that means is that they can bring guests to events. They can put on their own events. Yeah. And they can establish an award. Yeah, they have a budget. Yes, yeah. they have a budget. Yeah. I mean, librarians are incredibly organized, and they <laughs> organize around issues uh, that are important to their book, to book collecting and to book to, and collection development. So, what happens is there are just various levels, and I'm just talking about this in general. There are various levels of organizational structure, and some are more efficacious than others in the sense that some of them allow you more outreach, budgetary stuff. Right. You can just do more things and be more effective as a, you know, as a supporter for a category or some activity that you want to do Absolutely. in the library. And, you know, I just want to say there's, uh, that the people who spearheaded this, like, like the librarians, you know, like Robert Brenner and, mm -hmm. and Amy Wright, formerly of the New York Public Library, they are really, really passionate about this. Yes. And, and have been for years and, and years. years. and publishers love um, yes. Because why wouldn't you want to sell 100,000 copies of your book? Yes. <laughs> you know, that is... Uh, so, you know, that's the bottom line. Uh, I, I, I think this is kind of esoteric, secret, behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, if I said to you there was a secret market that might buy forty, fifty thousand 50,000 copies of your book, uh, uh, you'd be very interested. And, and it exists. And, you know, everybody who was there, you know, worked with Mark Siegel for a second. And, oh, yeah. um uh, and you know, give Mike, Mark credit. Mark, for years, yeah, from Gina. the very beginning of First Second, he has been uh, courting the librarians. 
Yes, absolutely. And through Gina, and also the great mm-hmm. Gina the Great, uh, now moved over to Random House. But, you know, they, for a second, has really been oh, absolutely. pioneering that library. Things, you can sell an awful lot of books that will never show up on BookScan. Mm-hmm. Because yep. library sales don't show up on BookScan, and there are enormous sales to libraries. Yeah, you know, I'd say the first night that I was there, there was a reception for the French Comics Association at the consulate, a French consulate in New Orleans. So that was nice. Oh, that's probably pretty good. Beautiful yeah. house, yes. And uh, you know, I was there, and then a bunch of us went to get dinners. It ended up being me, Robin, Eva, t- you know, two of the most best known librarians, the mm-hmm. knowledgeable, and then Karen Berger, who was there for oh. the first time, also. You know, it just just delighted me. <laughs> To see over dinner, to see Karen yep. asking questions about the library market and, you know, Robin and Eva talk, and just to see these, you know, really influential people. Well, one of the great things about your learning. feature is you quote publisher after publisher saying, I just want to go there and ask the librarians questions. What do they need? What do they want? How can I publish the, you know, in a way that's effective for them? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, next year, Calvin. Yeah, next in, year in, it's in Washington yeah. D.C. Oh yeah. So you should have no trouble. But you know, I'm, I'm going to try to go to Midwinter too. Oh. So that, which is in Seattle. Oh. So that's in January, I think it is. But you know, Seattle in in January and D.C. <laughs> well, that's how they do it because it's cheaper. Ah, so, uh, there you, know. you go. Well, my hometown. Now, so here me, I come. Let me tell you, June in New Orleans is. I can only not imagine. The best time. <laughs> no, oh my God! The last morning, I, I did go. I had a little downtime, so I went for a walk. And um, I mean, I had definitely acclimated to the heat. It was like ninety-seven degrees. But I, I definitely acclimated to it since I got there. But I was walking along, and then I was just—I felt faint. <laughs> Well, I, I was like, imagine. let me go drink some, some, uh, uh, you know, a frappuccino. Although, frappuccino. I'll tell you, well, Washington D.C. in June, it's New Orleans without the without the uh, the gumbo. Oh. <laughs> it's hot, it's muggy, uh, and you know the food is not quite as good. But there no, you go. There was, but, some, yeah. Anyway, it will quite be the sorry magical, DC. I magi- love you. Magical voodoo, uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, so right. that, that was great. But uh, but it's not even the only thing. We have so much news this week. All so, right, uh, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Um, well, look, this is something that we've been hearing about literally for years, right. that they're going to do this, that they're going to establish dedicated uh, middle-grade graphic novel sections in uh, in all their stores. And now they, they, they're doing it, doggone it. Um, it's going to be in every store. Uh, the sections will hold roughly 250 titles. Uh, all your favorite. I think I read somewhere how you called it called it the Reina section, <laughs> but because uh, you might as well. But that clearly she is one of the authors that you know, as I said, that made this occasion necessary. So um, yeah, this is a way that you can find uh, uh, customers can more easily find books, can more easily find new and forthcoming works. Uh, all your favorites are going to be there. Um, the Baby Mouse team, Jennifer and Matthew Holm, uh, Svetlana Kemakova and her Awkward series, uh, you name it. The um, Hales, all the different Hales. All of the Hales will be there. Beer Too Bob's many Hales. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, we don't want all of them, just that it's confusing. Yeah, I know. But, um, so this is going to be, uh, once again, this is a very new development. Um, this is a, this along with, you know, Random House starting their own um, middle-grade graphic novel section, shows once again that this category, people are making big bets. They are, and it's the, one of the fastest-growing. Uh, you know, there was a statistic that uh, I heard, which was that Ingram 
of their sales to libraries and institutions uh, at the educational market. A third of the books that they uh, that they sell are graphic novels, and to the library and educational market. Mm. Not wow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you know, this gives you some idea of how big this is, but. Um, you know, I I did there, there there was a little talk last week about uh, kind of a maybe a glut of comics. I was talking about how after Twilight came out, everybody launched their own like YA imprint, and not all of them lasted. And, you know, I think we're going to see a little bit of that. There'll be competition and die off. It's only natural, right? Right. But I honestly, I don't think this market is saturated yet. Do you? Uh, have it's not either. there yet. I, I really don't. Obviously, you know, the proof is in the selling, but. Um, I just think what we're seeing here is um, a market trying to cope with demand uh, and production that that still isn't quite set up. I think we need more and more places to sell these books. Right. Um, so we will see. But right. really, the more books are coming. I'm telling you, everybody that's in a position that has data to know, they seem very confident about yes. this. Yes, and you know, market. certainly with somebody like Gina Gagliano at Random House, and you know, we just put up two two job openings. Like mm-hmm. she is hiring, she's hiring a senior editor who will put up fifteen graphic novels yeah. a year. I have a theory. Yes. Yeah. My theory is that part of what's driving this is that the generation that was the manga boom is now librarians, so I they would. understand it mm-hmm. and yeah. they understand its Absolutely. appeal to young people, and so now they're ready to get those products into hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I agree 100% with you. I mean, that's what the librarians show, this new generation of librarians. I, You know, I, as the old fart comic book reader here, uh, you know, I grew up with a different kind of library. Librarians, look, librarians were always awesome, but, but they, they were, were not, not necessarily in favor comics. of comics. They, they hated comics when I was a kid. They didn't want them. But th- this has been, the, this has changed, this, is, this change has been going on for a long time. It has. And this is a this is a generation of librarians who read comics, and they read a wider variety of comics. Yeah, than so they're aware, before. absolutely, of how wide the market can absolutely. be. And you know, there was just to go back to ALA for a moment. There was a uh, there was a reception for the uh, the Will Eisner Library Grant, and this oh, is right. um, uh, Carl Groper. Grupper and um, Nancy, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so they, they I didn't find, get a release about that. Because usually we announce the winner of the grant, and we didn't do that this year. So anyway, but I, I, you know, just I'll backtrack. uh, Yeah, let's explain what it is. Well, they talk. They they give uh, grants to libraries that are trying to build collections. You know, you have to put in for it, and and the one this year was one that was doing one for veterans, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the other was uh, it had a really great name. It was like. Uh, it was a pun on her convention or something like her story or something. It wasn't that. It's better than that. But anyway, they're doing a big uh, display of uh, female characters, female creators, so and, and putting it in context. So it was two great winners. But, you know, they talked about Will Eisner and someone who had the vision to yeah. to see that, you know, this was a medium that had, of ideas. And if you look back, you know, the books that came out in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, that really have stood the test of time, like Watchmen and A Contract yeah. with God. I mean, this is what got these light. Also, I mean, manga, absolutely. But I think the fact that, you know. Yeah, no, the timing worked. Yeah. It's it's a generation that grew up, like myself, where you always knew that graphic novels, like, could be prestigious. Yes. It yeah. was a, a post-Watchmen generation, yes. a post Post mouse generation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just you, you knew. Whereas, I mean, I grew up in a I grew up in an atmosphere. It was all superhero comics. Yeah, 
until I was like out of college. Yeah. You know, um, but that's different now. Even it if is. you're totally into superhero comics, you know you're that there aware is, there's a wide range there's of comics more out there. there. Absolutely. So, um, and as a librarian, uh, obviously, you know, with this impulse to read uh, widely, mm-hmm. if you read in comics, you're going to read comics widely. You know, there's okay. Well, let's let's segue uh, you know to another topic that we have in here. Yeah. We're talking about getting more readers. So there was yet another assault on the attempt to get more readers this week uh, when. DC announced that they were doing a series of exclusive books, four monthly anthologies mm-hmm. that would be exclusive to Walmart. Yes. Kate, did you read about this? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, basically, <laughs> they are called things like Superman Giant, Batman Giant, Teen Titans Giant, Justice League Giant. And they are just like those other comics you may have stumbled over in comic stores, also called Giant, where they're a big old bundle of reprints with a floppy cover. Um, now, to be fair to the ones in Walmart, each will have an exclusive story in it. Um, but they are basically a pile of comics that you and I and people who read comics have seen before. But, but Kate, the, the exclusive comics, the new comics, are, are somewhat high profile. I mean, they have Brian yeah. Bendis yeah. Yeah. a Batman story. Yeah, they, they are... Let's they, not undersell the original yes, stories. Yeah, they are by major creators. Um, but it's not like DC's moving their entire line to Walmart. They're bringing out a very, <laughs> a very specific group of stuff aimed at people who may be interested in comics but may not be familiar with these books right. or may not be caught up How's the on these Mark books. Taken this? Well, you know, this... <laughs> you know, Brian Hems was at... Was at AI as well, the retailer, Brian Hams, and I, we had a, what I might characterize as an animated discussion about it. So, apparently, uh, they announced this, and, you know, there's there's this private retailer forum for DC Comics. Apparently, the outcry was so extreme that Dan Dio had to make a live video answering questions on, <laughs> emergency, you know, on appearance. emergency appearance to say. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, I talked also, uh, there's a really great retailer in New Orleans, uh, Leo McGovern, who runs Crescent City Comics. They have two outlets, and he's really awesome. He's actually written for The Beat in the past. And, uh, you know, if your store can't survive without these 48 pages of new material every <laughs> month. That's a wonder. I mean, that you would have thought that DC had come and, you know, under the guise of delivering, you know, Amazon Prime. And then when he came to the door, just took a knife and just, you know, ripped the trails out. Yeah. And then cut off your head and put it on a pike and said, we love Walmart. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm a trigger warning. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. I apologize. But, um, you know, I mean, geez, Louise, uh, retailers. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I have a prediction that all this material... The new stuff will probably come out in graphic novel form eventually. Oh, really? That's really wild. I mean, I can't see it. Yes, actually, of I'm, I'm of sure most of, I'm, most of it is already out in graphic novel format. No, no, but I mean, the, the, that's not He's what anybody cares about. Oh, the new, the new original. Twelve pages. Yeah, the twelve those, pages. No one can live without. They're be, of course, they're going to be out in. They're probably going to be out in in the direct market first, and then they'll collect them into books at some point, probably. Well, I think they're. I think in order for them to say that it's exclusive, they're not going to put them out in floppies. They're going to wait until graphic yes, novels. Correct. So yes. then that, that way, that, what, that, that way they can be completely true to what they that's, said about these Walmart true. books. Totally true, no lie. But it's going to come out in some other form. Come on, get real. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, the other thing is 
like, you know, DC kept saying, oh, but every copy has the, the comic shop locator number in it. And, you know, that's fine. But as uh, Todd Allen wrote a bunch about it for my site, The Beat, and, you know, a lot of stores have a Walmart and don't have a comic shop, okay? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so, and and now, one of the other things about this is, is then Dan DiDio actually put up pictures of the, the, the little dumps, as we call mm-hmm. them, not, yeah. not in a mm-hmm. disparaging way, but it's a little four-pocket yeah. dump. Yeah. And it's going to be in this kind of collectible section of Walmart. I only have Well, they think so. They're yes, pretty sure. Yes, yes. This is, but it seems likely. Because they actually, as Kate, you alluded to, they have comics in Walmarts right now. <laughs> you know, so I... In the book section. No. No? In the collection. In oh. the collect, the trade. They've got it in a crappy little magazine form that's overpriced and no one likes. What is, is that? How? What? What is the format? They though, they call it like something stupid like Showcase and it's got a bunch of reprints in it and it costs 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid though... See, this... Okay. See, this, there's no Walmarts in New right, York. Right. I mean, they must you be know, some, but there's not boy, New York City. Really you know, SOL if we want this yeah. brand, but it's Batman, <laughs> this Tom King Superman. But, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of people in comics that are my age and Calvin's age that were so nostalgic for, oh, <laughs> yeah, remember yes. when I went to Food Town? And, yeah, this is like that. Right. And so now somebody somewhere is saying, oh, if only we could have like this four pocket dump in Walmart. It'll be just like when I was going to Food Town, and I'll, yeah. I'll read this Brian Michael Bendis. You know, look, I remember going to Food Town, and I would get these, uh, rip, dating myself, but uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Comics Digest by, art by Wally Wood and Esteban Maroto, and all these stories of horror and suspense. And I will tell you, those were my favorite things, and I read them over and over and over and over again. Yes, I loved those comics. Uh, are these DC comics going to be as good as those those Wally Wood Ripley's Believe or Not? That's really good. well. They don't have to be because uh, when I was wee little, by which I say under the age of eight, um, I the one like local grocery store nearby that wasn't a chain had a spinner rack of Harvey comics, and you know I would then badger my mother for a Harvey comic, and that was fun. I liked that as a little Ooh. kid. And I gotta say that while there are many good Harvey comics, yes, there are. I, I, I honestly, I comics. yes, I honestly don't think that like '90s level Harvey comics are something that DC can't achieve. They can totally, <laughs> they can totally achieve that level of right. quality. Uh, and I think, I think it's aimed at the equivalent of that market. I think it's, I mean, maybe it's some impulse by adults, but I think it's largely. Kids and teenagers who don't drive, haven't gone to a comic store, uh, aren't in love with comics enough to ask for a graphic novel, but they're hanging out near the checkout, and they're like, oh, hey, Mom, it's only five bucks. Yeah, and it's a hundred pages. Yeah, Yeah. it's a hundred pages, and I like Superman, and Mom's like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, it's, I think it's designed not to make DC a giant pile of money, not to be a foot in the door at Walmart. Mm. I think it's designed as a recruiter. Yes. Yeah. At people who... Go to Walmart and don't go to comic stores yet. Now, I'll tell you my and that's only, not a bad thing. My only issue with it, and it's going to be the issue with my head, but the next thing we're going to talk about too is that it, 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 it's it's back. It's I find it backward looking. There's nothing wrong with doing it. I do think it's important to get comics in the hands of kids to come up with ways to get uh, to, to distribute something broadly that will encourage people to think more about comics. But I am a little concerned. Uh, I, I just feel that. Um, you know, monthly anthologies and spinner racks 
<laughs> I just think this is like backward looking and it's you know it's a wonderful part of the past of comics distribution. I'm just not sure it's part of the future well, of comics distribution. But see the thing is it's not supposed to be a distribution for all the comics. No, of it's supposed not. Yeah. to be a loss leader to lure in yeah. new readers. It's it's because it's not like they don't have all well not this well, comic, but it's not like they don't have plenty of comics available for new readers in digital form if you just go on Amazon. And also, they do. This is this is hitting the market of people who aren't yeah. looking for it for impulse right. buys. Yeah, just, you're to, absolutely just to throw right. this in there. I mean we all here I mean, you know, we live in our little bubble of total comics awareness, but it's true. Uh, I mean I've seen and it's it happen awesome, I've seen it happen. <laughs> Where you say that to someone and they said comics, they still publish those. Yeah, now, you know they say that about know, everything. They mm-hmm. say about everything. They'll be like, "What is is Jag still on? Is CSI still on? I mean, I do that Law all order? the time. Is Law and Order still on? I mean, I don't wait, think they are. NCIS didn't die after season <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, right? And like I, all these sometimes I will look at the TV guide and I'll see shows that are on and I will be astounded. So you know we're all guilty of this. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But these are TV shows, not little lowly comic books. So. I mean, I get that, but I just think more comics and more places. Yeah, I agree. And and you know something, I think that you know there's a lot of overreaction among retailers. Yes. Some are going to go to WalMarts and buy up all the comics and then bring them and sell them in their stores. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm sure. So yeah. you know, um, but uh, look, DC is totally. We're going to talk about DC Universe next, which is like they finally announced their their answer to. Um, D- Marvel's Marvel Unlimited, all you can yeah. read d- digital service. But, but but you know, let's just before we get to the details, well, though not many details were announced. But you know, DC is totally doubling down outside the direct sales market. I mean, look at the yeah. pattern here: Walmart, DC Inc., DC Zoom. Uh, These pop up imprints, yeah, all the yeah. pop up imprints. Um, you know, DC Universe—they are really doing an end around on the direct market. So you know, all all that said, like. Like retailers, I understand why retailers are, are are concerned, but you know what? Get your own business in order there, uh, buddy. I think they do, and if you're not selling graphic novels or, or selling them aggressively, maybe you should be doing that. Because well, I mean, when you talk to the deal and when you talk to Lee, they are they talk they are uh, unashamed to talk about the book trade. Well, you know, but I gotta throw this in here. I, I tweeted this, but this is so seismic to me. Is that uh, at this uh, panel? That was about DC Zooming. It was mentioned that DC Superhero Girls graphic novel. The, the I think there's only one that's come out. Um, there's been chapter it? books. But I think there might have been only. I, I think, think there's there are two. a couple. There might. I, hope, I think okay. there's two. Okay. And I think but, they're both out. Right. Okay. Wrong. Well, then let's. Yeah, but there's only a, a handful. Yeah, yeah. they haven't made many yet. Right. And the first one was one of the best-selling DC graphic novels of all times. Wow. Okay. They, they announced a second one before the first one had even come out well, because the pre-orders were so huge. Right. So, you know, we were talking here when they announced Black Label about the next Watchmen, and I think I joked that uh, if they really wanted the next Watchmen, they should get Reyna to do, you know, the Teen <laughs> Titans. And you know what? They actually did that. It's called DC Superhero Girl. Yeah. That's one of the best-selling comics of yeah. all times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, they say girls don't read comics. Yeah, and they say girls don't read superhero comics. Huh. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's the once again that's the old news. Uh, but really, uh, the new news is that comics are for everybody. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of which, today, just this morning, as we record this, they announced DC Universe. Yeah. Kate, did you? Well, I mean, they've been talking about DC Universe for a while, but they hadn't previously been very clear about the fact it was also going to include comics. Right. Now, 
Uh, I am someone who, for a few years, subscribed to Marvel Digital Unlimited until my subscription got screwed up and I never bothered to resubscribe. But um, but even so, I've always been far more a DC person than a Marvel person. I like Marvel. No offense to Marvel. But DC was my first comic company, and of the two, I'm, it's a little closer to my heart. And I often thought, you know, there's this deep back catalog I haven't read. If they had the equivalent of Marvel Digital Unlimited for yeah. DC, I'd be thrilled. Right. Now, we don't know how deep the back catalog is going to be in this DC universe thing. Is this going to be like... Oh, Comixology, quote unquote, unlimited that has like one <laughs> volume of like ten things, or is it going to be like actually a deep back catalog like Marvel Digital Unlimited? I hope it's a deep dive because a, that would be really hard to beat. Because if you just had a streaming service that had like superhero TV and stuff, that would be maybe good, maybe not. But if you bundle together those dynamite DC television shows and a really deep collection of DC comics in digital form, oh, that'll sell. Well, we'll see. I, I, if I'm not recall, I recall seeing the, the word curated in yes. the press release. Yeah, but the question is how curated. Well, that's my point, is that... We don't know. That doesn't necessarily... Well, the thing is, there's still not a whole lot of information about right. the service. There's no they're pricing. quiet. There's no pricing. There's not even a um, even a general beginning date. Uh, the only thing is that you can sign up or apply to be a beta tester. So I think that the word of the day is curated. Yeah, <laughs> talking but, about libraries, talking about Barnes and Nobles curated kids' well, conversation, yeah. Walmart curated, <laughs> DC so Universe we'll curated, see. and they also talk a little bit in the release about um, rotating titles as well. Or now that's what Comicsology Unlimited does. Yeah, well, I'm just saying this was yeah, a DC a Universe uh, release, so right. we'll, you know we'll see. I we'll think see. you're absolutely we'll see right. What it is. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I that's I first thing I thought about was Mar- was Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, I mean, and even if they don't roll out initially with that many comics, I hope eventually they commit to having a significant number. Yeah, and I mean the other thing is that just like you know Marvel does not have its. Uh, you know, gold and silver age stuff on DC, uh, Marvel Unlimited, but DC is talking about they're going to have some of the old stuff. They have, the they have, so we'll they have some of the old stuff right. on Marvel. Well, they Marvel. do. They have the reprints of it, absolutely. You know, so uh, I mean, you know, obviously there's been a lot of reprints of it, and and you know, having that. Material. If it if it has been reprinted, then they have it in right. digital unlimited, generally speaking. Right. Okay. And, and, and believe me, they're not calling it DC Universe for nothing. Remember, there's, there's going to be online community, there's going to be shopping, there's what, the DC Encyclopedia? Yeah. Well, so do that you want means. to hang out online with other DC fans? No. There's no party like a DC party. <laughs> but but, but I'm, it's not because I don't like other DC fans, but because the communities we create for ourselves are better. And um, quite frankly, I'm going to yeah. tell you what I think. <laughs> Is is you no? Know, as someone who had Marvel Digital Unlimited, they had a crappy little forum that hardly anyone used, and they had links to a shop with overpriced T-shirts, and then they had a really good like encyclopedia of stuff and the comics. So I mean, maybe DC will do it differently. Maybe they'll have an amazing fan forum, but I think they're just going to throw it in there for anyone who really wants it. Who's going to be like? I hated this issue, and then <laughs> and like some keychains that cost twenty dollars. That's what I think, given my my knowledge of such things in the past. But I could be wrong. But you know, I mean, that's not really the point. The point Haters is the content. Haven. <laughs> 
so often comics communities descend into that. Yeah. Realm. Yeah, but yeah. Haven. Haven. <laughs> called our a website. It's a great name for a website. Yeah. Like, I would be surprised, but Haven, uh, the haters haven. Uh, so yeah, but and this is maybe, maybe is this a good segue to game? Yeah. Well, oh, it know, sure is. So there's yeah. more news, people. More yeah. news. There's always more and more to come, guys. <laughs> So, Kate, yeah, because we, we, we actually were talking about this before uh, we started recording. Yeah. And, I mean, once again, I, I, I you know, when I see the word spinner rack, <laughs> I reach for my, you know. <laughs> your my, mallet. Well, I don't know what, what I, I reach for. I reach for my time machine because it seems like you're, you're dragging me into the time tunnel. Well, I think the problem is you're thinking of uh, spinner rack as a dominant model as opposed to. Spinner rack as a checkout line novelty. Yeah, well, that, that, I mean, I'm seeing it as a, an obsolete form of distribution, but that's just me. Obsolete. Yeah. Well, it's it's because you're looking at it from the perspective of the comic industry, and not from the perspective of a guy trying to make his GameStop look cool. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, so let's back up, dear listeners. So, as you may have heard in our previous episode, <laughs> well, our previous discussion episode. Um, GameStock is installing a spinner rack for a curated collection of comics in their video game and geek stuff store. And they're only going to be selling floppies, or at least that's what the spinner rack is for. Now, Calvin, I understand that the days of spinner rack only are past. And the day of spinner rack as a significant source of money is past. But, I mean, even if it makes, like, no money for GameStop. This is the equivalent of adding, like, a small rack of magazines I mean, I'm also, for a giant corporation. It's going to look really appropriate. It's going to look GameStop. cool. That's where they're going. That's why they're doing it. Right. They want to nah. add They want to <laughs> add atmosphere. Because as Calvin was saying to me, they've GameStop has already said they're not going to be replenishing these racks from uh, within the month. Like, they'll order X number of comics, the comics will come in, and then fans will just buy them or not. And then next month, they'll bring in more comics. And is, there's nothing more enticing than a spinner rack with, like, half-filled. <laughs> that sits around for a, another two yeah. weeks waiting well, for the Calvin, the when's shipment. the last time you went to a GameStop? I haven't been, I haven't been to a GameStop in probably over a, a multiple years. So, so Calvin... Well, let me tell you, a half-filled spinner rack full of comics is going to fit right <laughs> in. Right. Yeah, because... Because I'm not the target market. I understand. Yeah, GameStop is sort of low rent it's geekery. Low rent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a little uh, ratchet there. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, it's probably just right. And look, I'm all for more comics and all that. I'm being a little bit sort of devil's advocate. Yeah, well, I mean, but here, definitely right. that's fair in response to all the people who are like, comics everywhere, this will make new markets, this will be amazing, this will make a lot of money. No. Well, no, it's a spinner rack at a GameStop, but it's not a bad idea for GameStop. Listen, yeah. when you talk, look at everything we just talked about. We talked about like all these different marketing platforms for comics and sales. They're trying for things, so they're trying something, yeah. they're and that's trying. worth it because yes. there's definitely been long swaths of history, even within recent memory, where it was just like, yeah, we'll just keep marketing to the same old people. I mean, how about a shelf 
of trade paperbacks. It costs game no, theme that costs too much money. Have you been to a GameStop lately? So it, it's not going to happen. Again. Not going to happen. It costs too much money. I would yeah, go, go to the one over by Macy's on Herald Square. There, you'll 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 okay. we'll figure it out. Right. Real okay. Fast. Because of this discussion, I am going to go to GameStop. I have been in GameStops. I just haven't been in them recently. Now, I mean, to be fair, if the spinner racks make them a bunch of money, yeah. they might have one very, very small shelf of top seller graphic novels or used graphic novels. But because they, they do. They, they, they do. They sell used, used games. games. Yeah. That's that's how low rent the GameStop is. Yeah, It's not for new games, mostly. It's have for you, old games. Do they sell books in GameStops of any kind? Yeah, maybe some strategy games. Yeah, that's what I game about games. No, listen, hey, again, why not put them in? Why not? Yeah, of course. New markets, new audiences, new needle work. You know, but this falls under my if only comics would be saved rubric. You know, if only they'd have comics in Toys R Us, comics would be saved. Blah blah blah. But comics don't need to be saved. Why do they have comics in bars? If only they have comics in GameStop. GameStop will be safe. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when I was a teenager and uh, the video store at the local mall, Dash, I don't even know what junk was in there. I guess it was like a Suncoast or whatever they were called, had like a section of overpriced anime VHS. I mean, this is like that. Yeah. It's, it's not really a satisfying fix for anybody who has a better market but if you're a teenager at the mall and your mall doesn't have a comic shop, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So switching to a new topic of um, things that are changing, um, the Harvey Awards yes. are getting a refresh. Yes, well, they they're due for it. Oh, yes. So the Harvey Awards were most recently held at the Baltimore Comic Con. And there were about... 15 categories, and they also had these four... If not more. These four mm. other events. So, you know, the Eisners are a long evening, as we talk about, but the Harvey's from when you first arrived for cocktail hour to when the last award was given out would sometimes be a span of five hours. Good so God. it was quite a lengthy commitment of time. And it's for the Harvey's, the which... Harvey, which are named after Harvey Kurtzman. Yes. yes. And, but yeah. they've, they've gone downhill in the last few years. Well, they've been downhill for a long time yeah. because of the way they were chosen was that people would in the industry would vote for nominees and then the, uh, only create you know professionals would vote for the winners. But unfortunately, the nomination process got gamed over and over, over and, and over again. And uh, you would have... Um, horrible nominations, like a NASCAR comic would be best yeah, series, you know, and you one know, company. Jeff Kinney would be best wimpy kid, and you know, Valiant got nominated. And yeah, one now, company would win, dominate every. You no, know, they didn't. I, I, you know, the winners weren't as bad as the nominees. The yeah. nominations were always awful. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what I, mean. I really you know, mean the nominees. Look, I'll tell you. Sometimes I, I don't think it was even bad faith. I think it was just like some person would hand out the ballots at work, and then every like yeah. five people would vote, and that yeah. was all it took. Yeah, yeah. or I mean, it doesn't even need to be bad faith. You. Just all you need is someone to be like, hey, guys, I'd really love to be nominated for a Harvey. Yes. And well, I tried that. It didn't work. So, you know, you guys let me down. But anyway, no, I didn't. But I like these changes, personally right. speaking. Yeah. So, so, so just, let's talk about what the changes to, are. Well, just quickly to, to wrap that up. After the last Harvey's, uh, Nellie Kurtzman, who kind of runs her, uh, is it her grandfather? No, her father. It's her father. Is it her father? Harvey Kurtzman's right, her, her dad. Father, yeah. Right. Uh, she kind of uh, holds his legacy. So she decided it was time to move on. 
Uh, it was announced that they would hold them at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So now, last year they had a reception for the yeah. Harvey's mm-hmm. Calvin. Remember that? I was there. And mm-hmm. it wasn't maybe the most... Well, it was a small reception meant to sort of get yes. people thinking about it. And and now uh, they're supposed to be relaunched right. in the uh, in right. a new venue, at a new show. Uh, and it really, obviously, one of the... the Premier shows. Yeah, well, at, at New York Comic Con. And so, yeah. so to cut to the chase, uh, they've cut the number of awards down to six. Yes. <laughs> and then there will be, like, Hall of Fame, and then there will be yeah, some well. of the legacy awards yeah, that yes. they had. And it's book-focused. It's book-focused. completely book-focused. Yeah. So you got Book of the Year, Digital Book of the Year, Best Children or Graphic... Best Children or Young Adult Book, Best Adaptation from Comic Book or Graphic Novel, Best Manga, Best European Book. Yeah. And then the uh, three special awards for legacy stuff. Right, which is Hall of Fame, and then there's, what are the other two? Do you have? So we got Harvey Kurtzman Award for Humor, Harvey uh, Hall of Fame Award, and International Spotlight Award. Right. So so these are fairly uh, tightly focused and yes. prestigious, although I think the adaptation also, means you can, you know, get yeah, oh, The yeah. Walking Dead. Or but like, also you know, let's talk about the day. nominating process has yes. been changed as well. Yes. And I will admit, I've been invited. Right. So right. Sure, why not? I assume you have been as well. I have been as well. Yeah. So uh, the you'll have to tell me all about it after you do did it. Did you read the email? I didn't read it. Uh, I read the I read the email, all but right. basically they've got an online situation set up where they're asking you to. to um, I yeah. mean, it's not much different than what it, it is. It, but I understand that they invited only a limited amount of people. Yeah. Like, but it's several hundred people. Yeah. is perhaps my understanding, and uh, so it's a sizable body. And you know, not everybody's going to vote, but we've all yeah. been invited to yeah. do our. And I'm going to. I'm going to yeah, do it. Of course, I'm going to yeah. do it as well. Yeah. And uh, Calvin, are you going to name, nominate my favorite thing as monsters? You'll have to wait and see. I can't oh, reveal my I things do. before I make my choices on Boy, on a podcast. I'm not going to say that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no um, one would ever know what I'm going to nominate. Know, you know, I was going to say I don't know if I can do this, but I'm like, well, there's only six awards, so I don't have to read like you know, I don't have to read a hundred comments. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's much more manageable. Is, yes. Okay? Yeah. So, but I'm, um, you know, I'm looking forward to doing anyway, this. Anyway, I think it's very promising. I very do. Promising. I am too. I am too. So, uh, but then there was another uh, award already handed out. Calvin. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. I'm very sorry. Yes. <laughs> A new award. We've written about this. Uh, as you well know, the Denver, uh, uh, the Denver Comic Con, fast-growing show, uh, though, you know, obviously there have been some controversy about their numbers, but um, it's a it's a big show. Uh, and we seem to be reaching a point now where these shows all expect to have some sort of a prize award right. ceremony. Well, they just announced the Oringo Awards, which will be Ugh. given out at Baltimore in lieu uh, of the Harveys. So, oh, interesting. So there is a proliferation. We have plenty of awards, yeah. okay? So we have there, more awards yeah. than we know what to do with. Yeah. So uh, Pop Culture Classroom, the organizers of the Denver Comic Con, they have basically worked to create a new a new book, or also a book trade-facing award. That's part of their mandate and their mission in this award. So this is called the Excellence in Graphic Literature Awards. Uh, they gave them out for the first time this year. I believe it was on June 16th at the show, so we can go over the winners. Um, very quickly, Scott Westerfield and Al... Well, basically, they have uh, about five category awards, and then they have a book of the year, and then they have a book that, uh, that uh, reflects diversity. It's called the Mosaic Award. So Scott Westerfield and Alex Pouvillon's Spill Zone, I, this, a really great, actually, if you haven't read it, it's a really great book, a really a haunting sci-fi thriller. That was named the Book of the Year. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think it was published by First Second. First Second was kind of led all the publishers with three wins. Uh, so let's go over this really quickly. Uh, let's see, in, the t- in addition, uh, let's see, First Second also published 
The Hunting Accident by David Carlson and Landis Blair, which won uh, for the Best Adult Book of the Year. And they also published Real Friends by Shannon Hale and, uh, I can never say his name, Llewellyn Pham, uh, which was the Best Children's Book of the Year. Um, and also the uh, Excellence in Graphic Literature Award for the Best Middle Grade Book uh, went to As the Crow Flies by Melanie Gilman. Gilman. Uh, the story of a queer black teenage girl who spends uh, a week at a white Christian summer camp. Published by uh, our friends at Iron Circus Comics. And let's see. Home Time Book One by Campbell White. A really beautifully illustrated um, fantasy graphic novel. Uh, uh, was uh, awarded the award for the best young adult book. And I think as I mentioned before, there's a Mosaic Award that uh, presented to a book that represents a diverse community, and it was presented to, to the best we could do by, by Tai Bui, uh, a, a wonderful graphic member of her family's escape from Vietnam and immigration to the U.S. Published by Abram Comics Arts. Definitely some good books on So that solid list, so, books. You know, and I mean, these are trying to be the kind of awards that make librarians sit up and go, hmm, and buy 50,000 copies of them. So, you know, good luck with that. A worthy goal. Yeah, yeah. and indeed, many of these books, one, have already won a number of awards. Right. So, so uh, anyway... Well, boy, oh boy! Yeah. Uh, you know we have uh, we have even yet more to come. Like, there's a little tiny like uh, we also had the 2018 uh, uh, previews or uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I didn't do your first year not doing I them. Didn't I didn't do know. it this year. No, this so is the... I cracked it open and was shocked. This is shocked. Yes. This is PW's announcement issue, our fall announcement books, and we, as part of that, the graphic novels are, are announced also. So I'll just give you a quick run over. But the, the, the coming in the fall, the, the, the best of the fall 2018 releases, we have a top 10. So very quickly, I'll go over this. Uh, and you can find it at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Mm. You can find the story there. Very quickly, I'm just going to read off a few. Uh, Anne Frank's Diary, the graphic adaptation. Um, this is coming from Pantheon uh, in October. Uh, uh, Berlin Book 3 City of Life from Jason Lutz uh, some of us started reading it late. 30 years ago uh, I think this is a concluding volume it is. from Drawn and Quarterly uh, September 4 Flocks by L. Nichols from Secret Acres if you've read this book it is really one of it's a heart-rending and inspirational book uh, about a trans man uh, but it, it you know I have to tell you I mean it's a it's it's got a single topic, but you know this is one of the most inspirational books I think I've read in a long time. It's really heart wringing the uh, uh, how this this man uh, now fi- found his community and transcended the his oppressively religious upbringing. Uh, it's yeah, really kind of been, a, it's been uh, you know serialized for a while. It's and, really uh, uh, it really affects you. Yeah. Read this book. It really is. Home After Dark uh, by David Small. His first. Um, uh, uh, a graphic novel in 10 years. Uh, the Mental Load, a feminist comic by Emma from Semi Storage Press. It's, uh, uh, you know what, I have not read this book, but it looks fascinating. <laughs> and um, very quickly, I'm not going to read the whole 10 because I think this is enough. But Run, the sequel to John Lewis's yeah. March well, trilogy. Read, read the rest of that. Read the rest of it's got Mr. Miracle on there, which we all love. From yes, Mr. Yes, Mr. Miracle. DC. Yeah, from DC. Uh, Passing for Human by yes, Leon graphic. Fink is another one. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, uh, let's see. Um, Petit, the Ogre Gods, book one, um, published by Lion Forge. This looks like a French license, uh, sort of translation. 
a boisterous cartoon reminiscent of both Alice in Wonderland and Saga. So that's quite a um, and, quite a uh, tribute. And finally, uh, Doonesbury. And sad Doonesbury in the time of Trump uh, uh, by Trudeau, coming uh, in September from Andrews McNeil. Thank you, everybody. And you should check out the whole list at PW. Yes. Uh, yeah. com, comics. Because there's a lot of... There's a lot. There. This is the delight. top ten. It was such a delight for me to read this and not know... Not have to have to to it. It. Oh, my God. It was so exciting. So, okay. Well, whew, boy, you know, these last couple of weeks have just been chock-a-block full of news. Things are happening, guys. Uh, and, but, you know, now that I'm back from ALA, it is the downhill avalanche towards Comic-Con, San Diego. <laughs> yes. So a little bit of news coming out. I am actually in the throes of writing my preview yes. article, which is like a month late. So uh, <laughs> we're going to run quickly out as soon as this is over and get back to work on that. But a couple of things are happening this year. Uh, number one, we're closing down Harbor Drive. Yeah, this traffic, is interesting. Which, um, you know, there's a busy street and mm-hmm. people uh, streaming out in the busy street. And uh, it's very sadly someone was actually killed once on Harbor Drive. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I- I'm surprised they didn't do this before. But they're going to shut it down. And they're going to make the area in front of the convention center badge only, which I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I don't either. That uh, sounds like we'll a bad see. idea. Mm, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I will say this. I mean, this is a long overdue. Yes. That sidewalk is impossible to navigate. Um, the the on the one hand you have cops telling you to stay on the sidewalk when there's no place to walk on the sidewalk. Right. Uh, people are spilling into the streets as giant tour buses are coming and going. Uh, so this is going to be this is actually a very smart move. Well, I mean, I, I think closing the road is a smart move, but I've seen similar like outdoor crowd control situations, and I, I feel like making it badge only is just asking for crowd control problems. Well, I will say at New York Comic Con uh, is badge only. Once you get in front of the Javits Center, you know. Yes, have and to, I have, it, it's yeah. it's not the best. Right, right. But that said, uh, I have a feeling, um, nobody has come out and said this clearly, but I have a feeling this is going to be part of stricter security. Oh, yeah, I, I, you're know? absolutely right. And, uh, I mean, they do not have metal detectors at San Diego yet, and I would not be at all surprised to see those introduced. Um, but we might find out. Now, the other, as momentous as this sounds, the other huge change and this might be the biggest one because Mm. this is really seismic uh is that you know i I say over the last four or five years the biggest thing at comic-con is not hall h it's been those damn funko pops you know and the exclusives because people go there now to get in line to get these mattel hasbro funko lego there's a few companies you know gentle giant there's some companies that Mm. people will sideshow they are just insane for and so in order to get them, it's like these autographs. It's like you have to get in line at 9 a.m. when they hand out tickets so that you can get in line later on. It's like the fast pass. So, uh, so you know, many times in recent years, you see people sleeping out. And, I, you know, I always ask why people are sleeping out in front of a convention center. And they would be, I'm here for Hasbro. I'm here for Funko. And at the Funko booth, it's been a real mess in the last few years. So this year, no more sleeping out. They're doing it as an online lottery. So you just go. It's kind of like the hotel lottery, the parking lottery, uh, the badge lottery now. Now we have exclusive lotteries. You just go on. You say you want to get it. And then you're going to get like a time. It's like the fast pass that you go when you get your thing. So I got to say, there has been an uproar about this. Because very much like the, the other lotteries... You know, you always felt like you had a you had an end. You know, yeah. you had a way you could yeah. get in there and you could do it. You know, like I'll sleep out. I want that thing. I'm going to sleep out. 
And now it's just pure random chance. Yep. So, you know, determinism is uh, going out the window. Well, it's funny. People go to these shows to rough it yeah. very often. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, how else to describe it. Yeah. But, you know, they go for the, you know, the physical act of just sort of like throwing, you know, dropping out of society, right. sleeping on the street, and, you know, I, I getting mean, in a line wait. to get their the thing that they want. People enjoy doing that to a certain degree, yeah. as witness whenever there's a new freaking iPhone. Like, there's yeah. people who line shoes. up... shoes. People do it for, for shoes. shoes. Oh, yes. And you're like, that iPhone will still be selling as many iPhones as you could possibly want. Why Why right. stand in line? You know, it's like but they, they, they enjoy it. It's an event. It kids, makes it special. Yeah. used to sleep out of Ticketmasters. Yeah, Remember sure. that? To get tickets to go see... You know, Led Zeppelin. And now they sleep out, like, you know, like, like there's, they're still allowing people to sleep out of Hall H, because I think that is the last bastion of, of rugged determinism. But I understand why they're doing it, because, okay, NYCC is far less like this. But even so, you know, early in the morning when you'd be getting into the hall to get to your booth to do work, or a fan just ready to get in there to see stuff, there would be this huge, massive conglomeration of people outside a few of these merch booths that would spill over, block the aisles, just take up massive amounts of space that hadn't even been bought by the vendor, making it hard for everyone else to do business or get where they had to get. And I'm sure it was a fire hazard, and it was a giant pain in the butt to anyone who didn't want a Funko. And so I think they probably had enough complaints from people being like, I don't want the stupid Funko line in my way, that that's why they did it. Yeah, That's sure. my theory. No, I, and listen, they had to do it. Things were really yeah. getting out of control. So, all right, looks like we're almost out of time. We yeah. are. I, I want to do two shout-outs before we go very quickly. Uh, number one, uh, rest in peace, Harlan Ellison passed oh, yes. away. Yeah, Maybe we could talk about him more next time. But, yeah. uh, you know, I knew Harlan for a very long time and uh, met him when I was very young. And he was always super kind to me and thoughtful. And, uh, you know, he's a very controversial figure. But um, definitely a huge influence on my life. And, um, you know... Uh, he will be missed. Second, I want to call out. Um, I want to call out uh, Brendan Fletcher, one of our biggest oh, yes, listeners. He, because he's a sweetheart. Yes, yes, Brendan, we love you. Yes. I know you were telling us how much you love the podcast, and you know yes. I hope you made it all the way to the end to hear this because we love. Yes, you. yes, man. <laughs> this is what we are pleased and do it, Brendan. A go online, or if you see us, tell us. What you think of the podcast? Now, listener, do you want to be called out by us? <laughs> yes, we'll do yes, that. Yes, write to us. Yeah. Tell us how much you like more to come or yeah. how much you, you know, or, love or more if, to come. Or if you have another opinion. If you have a you job, can tell but, us that, too. So, Heidi, where can they write to us? They can write to us. Where uh, can they well, write you can to go, uh, you can go to the places where you subscribe to uh, More to Come. Uh, you can leave a, you know, you can leave a comment. iTunes is better. I would say go to iTunes because, obviously, you can subscribe there. Also, you'll see there are other comments there. You may want to disagree or agree with somebody. Or tweet at us. At yes. That's true. Comics if, if, world. Tweet yes. at us. Yes, yes. yes. If you would want to like, start a conversation, tweeting is a great way to go. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. You can go to uh, you can go to our Facebook page also, uh, PW uh, Comics World. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you and, uh, no matter what you have to say. Yeah, and uh, given that in previous years we have, and I believe this year we will again, um, if you happen to be coming to New York Comic Con, drop by our table. Tell yeah, us you like the, the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's always going to be more to come.